Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with... Tim Meller, Journal-Tribune sports editor. Alexi Pavlov, Richwood Gazette sports editor. Bob Putman, sports writer. And Chad Williamson, managing editor for the Journal-Tribune. All right, so this week we finally made it to the end of the season. We're going to start talking about playoffs. We're going to look at the teams that have made the playoffs, who didn't make the playoffs, uh, and kind of what to expect looking forward. So where do you guys want to begin? Well, we'll start off with uh, Jonathan Alder. They are one of four local teams that's made the playoffs. They uh, finished the regular season last week uh, by beating Springfield Shawnee 36-28. And in doing so, that allowed them to finished as runner-up in the Central Buckeye Conference's Kenton Trail Division. Uh, it was a game where Job and Alder, if they hadn't been careful down the stretch, they could have let this game get away. They were ahead 36-13 to at one point. And then Springfield Shawnee came back and made a very interesting Alder finally won 36-28. Uh, this week, Jonathan Alder will go on the road for the opening round of the playoffs. Jonathan Alder earned a number 10 seed in Region 11 of Division 3. They're going on the road Friday evening and playing at 7 o'clock against number 7, Columbus Eastmore. And it's almost going to be like uh, seeing the same team back-to-back. Uh, from what I understand, uh, Eastmore runs a, an offense very similar to Shawnee. Uh, they'll line up in the spread with two by twos, three by one receivers, and then sometimes they'll be in a wishbone type of, of options set with a couple tight ends. Uh, that could be an advantage to for Jonathan Alder because they spent all last week preparing for that same type of team at, at Springfield Shawnee and. And Alder played well for about three and a half quarters in that game. The last eight minutes of the game, Shawnee took over, and it was a good thing Jonathan Alder had such a big lead, or that could very well have been a loss and could have knocked them out of playoff contention. I was going to ask if they were trying to play their way in, if they had a shot of actually falling completely out. I think because they were – 14th going into that game. They moved up to 10 uh, with the win. Had they lost that game, they very well could have tumbled to 17th. So an eight-minute, an eight-plus-minute span could have decided whether they were going to go to the playoffs. Or Strangely enough, it would have been kind of appropriate for Alder the way they've played this year, <laughs> up and down and up and down. You can't figure out what you're getting out of them. Then you get that in, a, in the – in the very last quarter, there's still yeah. You still don't know what you've got with them in the very last <laughs> yeah. quarter of the regular season. And I, I don't know what to expect Friday night when they play Eastmore. I'm, I'm going to rename them instead of Pioneers. I'm going to call them the Head Scratchers because <laughs> I, I don't know. They've, they're going up against an Eastmore offensive line that's very big, very strong, similar to what they faced last week against Shawnee, but. Their defensive line, although they're decent sized, they've been outsized by most teams' offensive lines this year, and they've they've done a good job adapting to angle blocking, and they've gotten some leverage on some bigger guys. And and Esports a city league team, is that right? Yeah, they are a city league. I, I, you know, you don't want to characterize city league teams, but a lot of times they aren't known for good blocking. Um, they're big, they they're get big. In people's way, but they're not exactly. 
like a cohesive unit. A lot of times, you know, they get in the way, and then city league teams, you know, have some speed or they'll have some power to come in behind it. But I've seen some of those city league teams play more on TV sometimes than in person, and it just seems like the fundamentals of a of a good blocking cohesive line aren't always there in the city league. So and they, so, that may they may be able to negate that size with good technique and yeah. some and stunning. And as far as their offensive line, it doesn't take much of a hole for Cameron Jewell to get through. Mm-hmm. He both he and Will Heisler had uh, a couple long runs for touchdowns the other night and actually they they showed off a little bit more of a passing game they had uh, uh Tabor headings through a long touchdown pass to uh Cameron Jewell as well so they Alder showed I think a little bit more balance between the run and the pass last week than they have in in past games this year and their quarterback is getting much better so but again what type of team are we going to see or, or I don't think we'll revert back to the 0 and 3 team at the start of the season but as one of the assistant coaches for Alder was saying after the game in the team huddle after the team huddle broke he said there are a lot of teams that don't want to see Jonathan Alder right yeah. now well, that's I think what it, I was going to say you know the way they've played the last half of the season uh, and and to do what they've done with the way they started and stayed with it, uh, you know, teams got to be looking and says, "Okay, what uh, what are they doing different now?" I especially think that I hate to go back to it, but a city league team, I would think that's a team like Alder with some pedigree and the ability to do it right is not what a good city league team wants to see. You'd rather see kind of a. And I think what could be the difference in this game comes down to the discipline of the teams. Mm-hmm. City league exactly teams right. are historically not the most, again, you said cohesiveness, agree with that. Discipline's right. Discipline's right. Discipline is another yeah. word that comes to mind. They're not exactly Brookhaven the most, used to have some teams that were that were pretty tough. Right. But man beyond that. Eastmore, Marion Franklin, yeah. some some teams like that. Centennial even when they have good records, a lot of times yeah, they will go into the playoffs and yeah. get beaten, beaten by getting upset by a by a lesser ranked team. So let's hope that that holds this week. I, I think Alder's probably got a good shot. I mean, I, and what I've liked, Jonathan Alder's team unity and discipline has come together more so as the season has progressed. Nathan Snedeker, their coach, told me over the weekend that. A lot of people were ready to write them off after going into the fourth week of the season. Might have been us. And he said the senior class just gathered all the guys up and said, hey, what's this name on our shirt? We've got a tradition here. We've got a heritage of playoff stuff. We've got a heritage of winning seasons. And he said that's that's basically what started it off. And, of course, what, what kick-started it, we've talked about before, was the victory over North Union. And that since that time, they've only lost to London. And London's, London's for real. And But I think, like Chad said, Jonathan Alder has a very good chance at this game. Well, it's, I think you got to believe that also – with a new coach, you know, the the system may not have 
jailed it maybe as soon as he would have liked but, right. but it sure looks like it has now yeah I'm, yeah like another thing that you know that piques my interest is you know allowing the players to kind of have their own like powwow sit down and really discuss what the goals are for this season i don't think a lot of coaches especially in you know college a lot of coaches want complete control and it's and it's really you know refreshing to see a, a coach kind of say like hey maybe maybe we need to take a step back and let these guys figure out who they are and what they want to do this season it feels like that they've found it. You know, that's a thing. That's a thing in high schools now. I know. I know. Brent Johnson. It always talks about the process, and a lot of that process they've got is those upperclassmen showing the the younger guys, hey, next year you need to do this, and you need to keep the guys focused in the weight room, and you need to make sure they're they're doing what they should be, and you know, even down to grades, and and you know, the coaches can't always be there in the halls and in the weight room or wherever, and and it's up to teaching these upperclassmen that, hey, next year you will be the ones making sure these guys do this, and, and they put a lot of that the, the, the successful The successful teams are the ones who can police themselves among the players. So we've got one other team that's going on the road for the first round of the playoffs. Fairbanks is going to be opening on Saturday night in the Division Six playoffs. They've got a little farther trip to go than Jonathan Alder does. Uh, Fairbanks is going down to Ross County to a community called Bainbridge. I've heard of it before. I've heard of the school, Paint Valley. Never been there. Better hope the bridge in now. Yeah, it's well. probably the only way to get in there. It sounds like it. one of those towns where one bridge in, one bridge out. Well, if that's the case, <laughs> Fairbanks Athletic Director Larry Morris and I are going to take off our shoes and socks and we'll just walk across, across whatever, the across the creek. What, whatever cross, maybe it's Paint Creek, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, Fairbanks is uh, the number 10 seed in their region, Region 24, Bainbridge is 7, so like Jonathan Alder, it's a 7-10 matchup. Uh, Fairbanks is, has been spinning a little bit what they've lost their last three games their three toughest games of the season were were these last three weeks against mechanicsburg west jeff and northeastern but the thing that coach patrick cotter is was the most concerned about when i talked to him sunday evening was we're facing the unknown we've never played this team before we you know we've gotten some information on them but we're playing somebody entirely new on their home field. It's a team that does have some playoff pedigree. They've made the playoffs four times in the last six years, and they've won three playoff games over that time. Um, they, it's it's another team that's going to give them uh, some different looks. It seems like there have been several teams this year that are some of our teams have played that have have diverse offenses. He says they'll play a spread with the quarterback and the shotgun. Then they'll come back and go into more of a wing T look with the quarterback under center. So he says the main thing is we've got to recognize what formation they're in. And he says we've done a good job of that. But he said that's going to be the key. And he said another key is the trenches. He says if we can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, we're going to win this game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, judging from their their last matchup against Northeastern, um, you know, they lost fourteen to zero, but the Panthers really like picked it up. There was a moment um, when they were on defense, and Northeastern was able to get down to the five yard line after a very, a very long uh, quarterback throw. And you know, on two separate occasions, um, you know, Northeastern 
uh, chose to do a quarterback sneak. And the de- credit to the defensive line, this is exactly what Carter was talking about. You know, they they stuffed him and they they held him down to a fourth and denied them again. So it was. I think the defensive side is in a good spot. It um, seems like their defense has been playing. They held West Jeff to what nineteen? Yeah, nineteen points. And I don't remember what Mechanicsburg score was, but yeah. fourteen well, and nineteen points against yeah. a couple of pretty good teams well, right and, there. And and again, like they were facing, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the conference, you know, Hausman. He was he he plays middle linebacker, which I find to be, you know, quite troublesome. Put your quarterback at middle linebacker, but you know, he gets the job done. He leads. Um, I think he's. He's third in the conference for uh, tackles with 93 um, from this last time that I wrote. Uh, fourth in rushing yards and second in passing yards. So, I mean, credit to the again, credit to the defense. They really, you know, I think another aspect that I I saw from their offensive play penalties. Penalties were were abundant. Um, some of it had to do, actually, most of it had to do with the offensive line. So their offensive line has had some difficulties with with offsides and things like. Is it offsides or holding? Because in my mind, well, I see those very different. I've I've seen some offsides. False they starts. Yeah. yeah, false starts. They haven't been caught for holding that off. False starts are that's undisciplined now. Yeah, holding sometimes you do when you're overmatched. Right. You know, or you know, that's almost a penalty of effort. Offsides is just Marysville had two of those on their first. Marysville had lining up in the neutral zone on offense. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's I was the like, thing that Brad oh, talked boy. about. We'll talk about that. I later. can't even. You know, that's you can't do that at this point of the season. You can't. You can't start up drive first and fifteen. Well, we got to remember they're sixteen and seventeen year old kids, and they're going to have brain issues yeah. at time. Well, and and to pick back up on what Cotter said after the game, you know, he he admitted that. You know the coaches, the coaching staff needs to get a little better in you know drawing up these schemes because, um, you know that was part of the difficulty in finishing drives were a couple calls that um, maybe they shouldn't have gone with. But you know at the end of the day, um, I think the offensive unit probably needs to have more of a I guess effort in in terms of improvement. Um, but I I do think that they're in a good spot overall, especially with their defense. It's going to be a game. That's going to pit a high-scoring offense. Payne Valley's averaging 31 plus points a game against a Fairbanks defense that's only given up 14 a game. So it's going to be they're going to be at loggerheads. Now, yeah, although we said that Fairbanks has never played Payne Valley, they do have one common opponent this year. They both played West Jefferson. And we were talking about uh, West Jefferson only beat Fairbanks 19 to nothing a couple weeks ago, but. Payne Valley played West Jefferson in the second week of the season, and West Jefferson roughed them up 41-6. to So we'll see. But That was also the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was the beginning of the season, too. So Kind of have to take that into account. Yeah, you have to factor that in there. But um, it's just going to be a matter of Payne Valley has some recent playoff experience. Fairbanks was in the playoffs last year because everybody was in, and they went up to Fort Recovery and got throttled a little bit. But other than that, Fairbanks hasn't been in the playoffs for three years. The seniors on this year's team were freshmen when they went down to Fort Fry and lost you know, rather decisively. You don't have to know what Paint Valley, how they've been finishing the year, do you? Like it, their last three, four games. I just, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about the mindset with, with Fairbanks. Well, with that murderer's row they hit. Yeah. Those last three games. And yeah. I, and I will say this, 
they didn't take the kickings. Maybe we thought they were going to take. No, they I mean, were. They some, were. They were well they were in the games. Yeah. Not really scoring the points they needed, but like we've said, the defense was hanging yeah. in there. But man, that's still closing it out with three. You know, that was you got some shutouts in there. The offense isn't doing much. You know, you got to you got to come back from that and, yeah. and start fresh because that was just a that was just a terrible stretch. Yeah, if there's a coach who can bring a team back from something like that, it, it's it's Patrick Cotter. Uh, Payne Valley's game last week, their last regular season game was was canceled. Mm. So they got fresh legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Triad didn't make the playoffs. They had a difficult game last week. They had an opportunity. They had a golden opportunity to win a conference game last week. Neither Triad or West Liberty went. Neither had won a conference game. They were owned for. I thought, well, you know, West Lib's got this great tradition, but they're really, really down this year. And they weren't really down against Triad last week. So Triad lost that one, what was the score, 63-7 to seven or something like that, or 56-7. to seven. That score should not have been that bad. Yeah. I mean, if you just looked at those teams, yeah. common opponents. I don't know what happened, yeah. but that sixty-one to twenty, sixty-one to twenty. That game just should not have been a blowout yeah. like that. It should have at least been competitive. But they finished twentieth in their region, so they're they're done for the year. So. They get to get they get to hit the weight room an extra few weeks and uh, bulk up and go out and find some extra bodies to come out there next year. And Again, that's the problem. They they dress thirty-two, thirty-three kids, but of that number, ten of them are ten, fifteen of them are. are what you would call football kids. Yeah. So, but now let's swing over to a team that's had a lot more success than Triad this year. Bob, why don't you talk a little bit about North well, Union? Well, interesting enough, the previous two playoff games we talked about were were seven and ten. This is also a seven and ten, although it's North Union is the seven, so they are going to be hosting uh, Genoa area, which is uh, up in northwest Ohio. Um, amazingly enough, they're Region 18 in Division 5. North Union is in the same region as teams from Northwest Ohio and Northeast Ohio. That so Central District just carved up and similar. And so it's, it's, it's really so uh, wide open. I mean, and and un, I won't say unexpectedly because Nick did say that he thought St. Paris Graham had a chance to beat Indian Lake last Friday. And that's exactly what happened. I couldn't believe that happened. When <laughs> and, that score came across, I couldn't yeah. figure that out. And Graham lost to uh, Urbana. Yeah, and first and, win in three years. And, yeah, and, and North Union beat Urbana thirty-three to nothing. And they turn around and beat Indiana. I can't figure uh, out games. So, so but uh, so that got him a share of the Mad River Division, something that uh, Nick is is very proud of and everything, and and. Uh, uh, they finished with an eight and two regular season record. Uh, most wins they've had since uh, they won ten games in, in 2013, and uh, uh, the most games uh, uh, Nick Hajar has had as a coach at North Union. So in a season, so a lot of positive things uh, going on, and and they get a play in week 11, which is always uh, a goal at the beginning of the season. You got to win a league title and make the playoffs. So North Union was able to do both of those. Genoa is five and five. Interesting enough, there are five losses. The the combined records of the teams that, that they lost to is forty and seven. Uh, so the the 
opposite side of that is is they never really were very close to those five teams and you know had a chance to win the game so uh, but they did play some some pretty strong competition and it is a team that they faced last year uh, in the second uh, second round of the playoffs North Union uh, played Genoa and, and and beat them 35 to 7 so you would sort of think that maybe the, they would know a little bit about them well to a certain extent, they do, but to another uh, way of looking at things, they have a new coach. They have changed from a uh, wing tee offense to a spread, and so there's there's a much different look to the team this year. And uh, so that that isn't the same. He, as, as Nick told me and, and talked to him earlier this week, uh, it's the same kids. You just see them in different places. So. Um, you know, so that sort of helps with uh, uh, with what they did. And at at the time of, of this taping, I've not been able to find out a lot about uh, um, Genoa uh, or Genoa, I mean. And uh, their their quarterback is is Aiden Brunkhurst, and they have a, a running back who uh, leads the team there, and Augustus Trainer, but. As Augustus. of right now, Augustus. Augustus. That is amazing. <laughs> that sounds like wow. a colonial name. <laughs> no, I was and, thinking uh, Willard Wonka the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a new history. He'd have been on the line, I believe. I don't think he'd have been toting the ball. But, so <laughs> no. anyway, they uh, put him in that fullback. That's about all I know of, sure, of him right now. Augustus Galoop. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we call him Gussie for short. Sure. Oh, that's a good one. Well, he does go by Gus, I guess. I, know. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> so... Uh, it's it's a Nick is definitely not overlooking it as as he told me he said once you get to the playoffs you get everybody's best shot so you don't dare look anywhere f- farther than the game you're getting ready to play so um, again that's coach speak but you know I I think in the playoffs it can uh, can be pretty appropriate and something like that so I hope that they they need to start. I think they need to start fast. Well, and that's what and they've done in the last three or four weeks. They've jumped on opponents early. I just worry, as I've said before, that Alder game and that Indian Lake game, when there is pushback, you know what I mean? When But it was two different type of games, Chad. The the yeah. the uh, John Horner game got away from them early. Yeah. And uh, the, the Indian Lake game... They gave that long drive at the end of the fourth quarter. But they're teams so. that believed in themselves. I think. Yeah. I think both of those teams were ready to fight. They didn't. They didn't care what North Union's record was, and they were ready to come in there and throw some punches. And yeah. you know, they weren't going to be intimidated. And I just worry. You know, I hope North Union when they get pushed back on a little bit. Maybe it's not this week, but I hope that they stand up. I hope they they come out and win like a a fight. And that's what I, I really and and miss. again they're they're gonna they're gonna look to their defense to to lead them because uh, in their eight wins six of them have been shutouts so um, and and I don't care who the competition is when you hold a team to zero points for forty eight minutes um, that's saying something about what uh, uh, what you need to do so um, and I know last week. Uh, uh, Urbana got a little close to scoring, and the defense got two interceptions to end the drive. So uh, there's some some pride in that defense, and and again, North on offense, the the running game from North Union is still going to be their bread and butter, uh, 
and it was again last week. So even though Lassiter has shown the last, she has she shown can put the ball in the yep, air. Yep, so. and uh, that that's been a big help. But they're they're still they're still a running team, yeah. and 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 to be truthful, they are they're getting back healthy. They they've they're they've gone through some injury issues during the season. They are a pretty healthy bunch right now, and that uh, that always leads to good things. What 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 are the one or two biggest factors that Nick says North Union is going to have to do to win this game? Well, he, he talked about the just being ready, you know, for their different looks. He says, especially offense and defense. He says that defensively they start with a three-four, but they will morph into all other kinds of. Uh, uh, Formation, so you, they've got to be ready for that. And then on offense, when you have a when you have a spread uh, formation, uh, again, you've got to look for make sure you read your keys. And uh, you know, while it is predominantly a passing formation, uh, they, they they do run from it. So they they just got to be alert to several things and and you know read their keys and and and, and do that kind of thing and. And hopefully they will uh, come away with a win on Saturday night. Our other home game is going to be the night previous, Friday night. Marysville is going to be hosting Delaware Hayes. What do you know, Chad? Uh, I know, well, to start with, you know, quite honestly, if you look at Olentangy and Delaware, Olentangy, their Friday night opponent, um, and Delaware, they had very similar. I think they're both three win teams. Marysville comes out against Olentangy and does exactly what they were expected to do. They, you know, they scored 35 in the first half, put the JVs in, in the second half, and, you know, got some people experience, saved some legs, you know, saved some uh, some shoulders, some wear and tear on shoulders, you know, because you got some of these skill guys. You got both powers, you know, going both ways. You want to save those guys some shots. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. That, and they had they had four different guys score. Colton and Gabe Powers each scored. Uh, Griffin Johnson scored, and uh, Matt Krutowskis, the sophomore, still getting carries. He got ten carries and got a touchdown. You know they got they got four guys over right around 60, 60 to ninety yards. So they're really spreading the ball around, and and then they're getting those guys out of there and getting a lot of them rest in the second half of a lot of these games. You know. I've had so many people compare want to compare this team. This is the first undefeated season since 2000, um, which we've been talking about lately. And that, of course, was the year that Marysville Super Bowl champion Chase Blackburn was the middle linebacker and tight end for Marysville. And then you've got OSU signing game powers this year at linebacker for Marysville and running the ball. So, and both teams build on defense. So I went back and looked a little bit and when you go back to 2000, that team gave up 57 points in 10 games, and Marysville's given up this year has given up 52 and nine. So the 2000 team actually had a little bit lower scoring average, like 5.7 points a game versus this year's six six plus six four or so. But I think and and I and they had in 2000 they had like six shutouts, kind of like North Unions. So you could look at that and you could go, well, you know, maybe that was the best defense Marysville's had, but what I would argue is that Marysville's starting defense hasn't played. There are entire halves of games that they don't play, and, and that's what I'm going back to is that Brent Johnson, their Marysville's coach, has really, really focused on, one, getting young guys Friday night reps, 
And two, saving those shoulders and legs of, of his stars, of his players. You know, he, you know, those kids want to be out there. You, you can't get a high school kid that's starting to want to come off the field, but he's getting entire second halves. I said, you know, usually even in blowout games, they'll still go into the third quarter. You'll still start the second half with your starters. Not, uh, not this year. I'll bet, I'll bet four games Brent had blowouts and he started reserves in the second half. And you know, that's a lot of wear and tear off of some of these guys' bodies if, if they're going to kind of be held up here for a long a long playoff run, which I think is what he wants yeah, to gear that, towards. I, I think you're absolutely right. He was, he was looking down the road. He's, he's making sure that yeah. their top-notch guys are going to have fresh legs here in the next two or three I or would rather have more weeks. Fresh legs and healthy bodies over shutouts. I think that's been mm-hmm. what he – because, you know, they, they gave up 13 in the fourth quarter this week. The, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Against the starters, they had nine yards – Old Tage had nine yards rushing – in the first half and like a handful passing. But you know. still with the with the second team defense in the second half, they haven't given up a lot of a points to begin. Not a ton. Yeah. They they tend honestly, the first group of reserves tends to stalemate the starters from the other team. And then you start bringing in, you know, maybe the third teamers or maybe the sophomore, sophomores and junior. Like when you really start dialing down and getting everybody some reps, that's a lot of times in those fourth quarters, late in the fourth quarters where teams will get throw a few garbage Well, I just don't think you can you can't discount the fact that these uh, so-called second stringers are getting really valuable minutes that may or may not translate into something this year. You, but boy sure next year it, they're going to they're going to do this, that. Bob, it's on the stat sheet this year. Kratowskis was one of those guys getting backup reps to start the season. And as he's progressed, he's getting first-team reps. He's getting first-half reps, and he is producing and has been for the last probably five games. So he got his confidence up. He got his you know his knowledge of the game up, and, and he has given them quality carries in games now. Well, this doesn't you – know, and then when they are asked to do something, it's not, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I mean, they've – they felt it. They they Isn't know what it's you know. They, those kids don't have a deer in the headlights. They, luck. They, they've they're played some quality around. minutes. That's right. Well, and, and Mar- I don't think Marysville's defense is going to be challenged much this year because, or this week because Delaware, under the best of circumstances, they're only averaging 17 points a game. Yeah, so, they're not. And that's against defenses no. that they, the likes of which they haven't seen as far as I was looking. I mean, they played. They've. The teams that Delaware's beaten have six total wins. They've got three wins, yeah. six total wins. Yeah, you know, they they only played a couple of three Division One teams all year, and like Westerville North was one of those. They were three and seven and beat Delaware forty two to seven. I mean, they've they've not got a whole lot of quality wins. And no. So you know, I don't. What Brent say they even? I don't even know what they run. Well, he's there's another team, multiple formations. He says we're going to see some spread with the shotgun. We'll see a pro eye quarterback under center. Uh, Their top players are quarterback Austin Dow, which with some teams, they're your best player is your quarterback. They've got a decent, bigger type of running back uh, with Wyatt Kirkland, but he's. Brent said, we've done a pretty good job of recognizing what other teams are going to throw at us. And he says, I'd, we're, we're quick to be on the attack. And he says, 
when they run when they come out in their power eye we have to be ready for their counter game he says we have to be quick when we attack him in the spread but I don't. The eye is not how to attack Marysville's defense. No, no, it's not. And I think Marysville's going to be able to put points on the board. Delaware's given up 28 points a game, yeah. so Marysville's well, averaging a little over 30. And I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see Gabe and Colton Powers starting linebackers. I think you're going to see they're they're going to be on a carry a carry count. I don't think oh, you're yeah. going to see them toting the ball too much. Yeah. I bet I bet uh, Krutowskis and Griffin get. The ball oh, the carries, I, I, if not I would think so. Some of the other younger guys, but you know, Brent knows. Hey, it's a one sixteen game, but he does have he does have respect for Delaware. I, he was talking to me about Delaware's head coach Scott Wetzel, who won a state championship when he was coaching Big Walnut, and he was t- Brent was telling me a story. He says I was a young assistant coach at Thomas Worthington. And I went to a clinic that Scott Wetzel was conducting while he was the head coach. He had just come off this state championship at Big Wall, and he says, "Man, I fell in love with the guy." You know, I see. I he said I really liked what he was talking about. Oh, next year about. he's probably going to be going to Burns Clinics because <laughs> I don't I don't think there's any, I don't think there's a state title or a no. There may no. not be a second half in this game. It no, could be at the running clock really fast. Yeah, which this is the theme of what we've been talking about what we absolutely all hate this year is this stupid playoff format they've come up with this year there are going to be 116 215 games that are going to be running clocks on thursday yeah. Before the game starts. There are there are it's gonna be they're gonna be some and and I'm afraid kids some kids are gonna get hurt going up against vastly superior teams. And some people might say, Well, it's the playoff. It's giving the kids playoff experience. Well, what kind of experience yeah. is it if you're on a sixteen team and you get waxed by a number one yeah. six feet of nothing? And not to mention it doesn't it doesn't feel like you earned it. it, it you know, no. there, there's back when it was eight there was always like you had to do something to get in there. You had to win a big game, or you had to like you had to fight at some level to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And there, there were good are, teams that didn't make it. There are teams just absolutely falling backwards into the playoffs this year, especially in Division One. I. I mean, it's just ungodly. I mean, I don't even know what region it is, but there's you looked it up, Tim. That region in Division One that's got a region four. Is it four? four. That's got more, a winner. Yeah. Moore as the number one seed is playing Cincinnati Oak Hills, the 16 seed. Oak Hills hasn't won a game. I mean, they haven't won a what, game, what and they're in the playoffs. What does that do with your playoffs? What does that say? It really cheapens it, in my opinion. And even again, Mechanicsburg, just down the road from here, 10 and 0. Again, the the the, the divisions with the smaller schools. There's not the inequity that we're seeing in Division One. But Mechanicsburg, 10-0, they've just been killing people right and left. They took a very good West Jefferson team to the woodshed last Friday night. They're playing I, – I can't think of the team off the top of my head. You might have a Bob. Uh, uh, it's called St. Bernard Elmwood Place, which I think is in Cincinnati, around Cincinnati. I believe that's a retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they are 3-5. and five. Two and seven from my last. Yeah, yeah. I got I got three and five okay. from the parents. So yeah, the, the on Joe I tell they were listed at two and seven, and in years back, 
take away last year with right. give everybody a playoff participation ribbon because of sniffles and coughing. But in normal years, a team with a two and seven record wouldn't even get a whiff of the playoffs. And now this team has got to travel basically two hours to take a butt whooping. From Mechanicsburg, yeah, and I, what kind of experience is that I for their kids? I would be shocked if you have a 16, 15, 14, even 13 team win a game. Oh, I, I can't. This whole I don't thing. even come close. I mean, Coach Hajar, Nick Hajar talked about that a little bit. Um, as a seven seed, he said, we made it with the old format. Now, they'd be traveling to Elyria Catholic if under the old system, yeah. uh, but... He says we, you know, we got in the way they used to be. Right. And he says so, you know, we we're proud of that fact. And but now he says now we got to show that we're worth. Yeah. Being that being I that hope, spot. I hope the reason they came up with this is walking back from last year when they let everybody in, not knowing how many games people were going to be able to play. So there was no real way to make the computer points even. I hope this stupid idea about letting 16 teams in, and no offense to anybody that's super excited being a 15 or 16 seed that got in there. Right. But come on. I I hope it's COVID-related, and I hope they knew there were going to be cancellations along the way, and they were trying to stretch it out and let some teams in. But, God, even at that 16 I don't know if there were as many cancellations as they thought. We only have, from our with our five teams, we only had one cancellation. That was Collinwood the first week of the season. Uh, And, again, this isn't any kind of any disparagement against Fairbanks and Jonathan Alder, who are number 10s. Both teams have had really great moments in their seasons. But – I, I I would like to see it eventually go back to the eight teams. Well, because it never will. It yeah, never will. God, I hope uh, that's that, they, that's a good working number in my opinion. So the you know before we ended at sixteen teams entering the playoffs, it was at twelve before one eight at oh, eight. It was well, eight, and they were going to do twelve. They were going to do twelve, and so my question to you know the lot of you is, what about twelve? Better than sixteen. Well, yeah, I, I will tell you that's what the coaches wanted. <laughs> that's what the coaches. The wanted? coaches wanted twelve. And want a first round buy for the yes, top four. Top four. Top yes. four for. Yeah, you that's could, what the coaches. You wanted. could make that work, and you wouldn't get these frankly ridiculous one sixteen two fifteen. I don't think even say most coaches. Yeah, wanted the. Not I don't think. I don't think anybody looks at Fairbanks and and Alder and says. You know what? Those are teams. Both of those teams, oh, no. the, regard if they even if they were doing eight, both of those teams would have had a path. Yes. In the yes. end of the seat, they'd have been had a path to that. So they would have been fighting for that eight spot. So in t- in sitting at ten, mm-hmm. they would have just been one of those yeah. fringe teams that right. would have they would have missed yes. out. So they're still, still legitimate teams. But there are two years ago wouldn't have been thinking about playoffs right. after two games. Well, as a matter and, of fact, and they're going to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Go, talking about Fairbanks, until they ran into those last three opponents, they were number seven in their region. So they were under the old 
standards, they were you know, and, the season had and that, at that and point they were a playoff team. And as we said, Division One is really the only one. There's some some problems in the other divisions, but Division One really is the one. Well, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. You know, it's just because there's so there's a lot fewer teams in each right. region. Right, there, there are well, a lot less Division One schools throughout the right. entire. There, there state. are 64 yeah. teams in the playoffs in Division One. Yeah, but I'm 31 sorry. of them. Five hundred or well, there's still three hundred. There's still three win teams. Yeah, in the lower division. There is. There is. Yeah, yeah. that's just not it. That's just not what you're going for. But it's not as glaring as a ten and zero going against an zero and ten. Yeah, and and I agree with what you were talking about. You know, the teams that are nine, ten, eleven under under past. The last couple of weeks, they still would have had something to, to, get to, to fight to yeah. get in. Okay. So a loss here, a win there, sure. they get in there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. the, Fairbanks and Alder. That that, that range of teams is not not really what we're talking about. Yeah. It's the 14, 15, and sixteen, maybe even thirteen. I don't know, but that, don't that we're have talking any business about business being in the playoffs. And that's why we're twelve seems to be a good number. And like I say, that's what the majority of the coaches wanted. These teams that are sub-500 and don't even have quality wins, you know. They haven't beaten anybody decent. You know, you you get teams every now and then that have strange records and had a couple of star players hurt and had stress where they lost some games. Or maybe they played a bus. We've talked about the MAC before. Mm -hmm. Where they play, you know, that, that conference beats itself up. Yeah. And you have teams come out of there with a lot of losses sometimes that go into the playoffs and, and kick the hell out of somebody yeah. that you never saw coming. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're yeah. talking about teams that don't have any business. You can look at a team and say, you know, that's a, that, team's, that team's got a puncher's chance or mm-hmm. that team looks drunk. Yeah, that team looks like. I'll, they, I'll they give you an example here, Chad, uh, and this is where you're talking about the the Mac schools over in the western part of Ohio, Division Seven, Region Twenty Eight, Fort Laramie, which is from that region. They're four and six, and they got a home game. But <laughs> but who but did they they're, play? They're they play? Yeah, and and you know they play in that league over yeah. there, and they're gonna. You and know. who were those four wins against? Yeah, who you were know them? teams? You know they're yeah. not. They're not well, Delaware with three wins over yeah. teams have got six total wins. Well, like so. we talked about under the old eight-team format, there was one year North Union was number one in their region. And we said, what, St. Henry? St. Henry, maybe. St. Henry was number Saint eight. St. John, St. Henry. And, and, we, and we all know about St. Henry. If you, if, you, if you know uh, yeah. and it was that Western football. Their quarterback was hurt for like two games or something right. and got two of those losses, and they were playing in the MAC. Yeah. And, and, you know, that'll give you some losses just on yeah. its own. And, yeah. oh, boy. And they came into Richwood. And, and it they was not pretty. Burned it down. They it was just not ran roughshod over North Union. Now, we're not going to see that with a 16-1. You could get it with an 8-1, depending upon the conference that the eight teams played in, like MAC. I mean, I wouldn't want to face any MAC team in the playoffs. I'm I'm interested, you know, with the um, 16-team playoff format. Like, what is this going to do, like, when, when you get to the big game, right? Like, how tired are these players going to be? Like, this is something completely new for most kids in the state, right? I mean, other than last year when but, everyone. But got you're ready. only adding one week, and I, I won't. I will argue that yeah. that's not an issue because 
They started the season earlier this year. Okay. So you had one less scrimmage that you played. Mm-hmm. Uh, most schools only played two scrimmages. So the time frame is still about the same, the number so, of weeks. Okay. 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 It's just that they bumped the season up. Okay. The regular season ended. The, the, the preseason was shorter and than, then, than it used to be because it used to be almost a month. No. And now I think maybe three weeks is what it was. So well, yeah, you see, I didn't know that. So yeah, yeah and that'll yeah. enable the, the that, length of the season remain pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay, that'll enable the state championship games for all seven divisions to be done that weekend, first weekend in December, They'll which go, is when it usually is. Yeah, okay. they'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday yeah. for those okay. championships, which it usually games. is. So, so okay. um, yeah, it's it's just matchups. It's just. It's the idea of, I mean, making the playoffs was a goal. It's something. It was something to hang your hat on. Oh, you know, right now, I don't know Delaware's pedigree in terms of playoffs. They've been there before, obviously. But there are old-timers down in Delaware going, yeah, in my day, we made the playoffs, and now this team, <laughs> at three, this three-win team, well, we made the playoffs too. Uh, you know, I, our, our senior year, we made the playoffs. Well, yeah, you fell over backwards into them. I mean, well, you didn't. F- fifty years from now, when they're losing their teeth and their hair, that's not going to be. We backed into them. I guess we not. I guess all we they made, say is we, we made the playoff playoffs. And, you know, yeah. we were a playoff team too. I, you know, it should the football playoffs. And I know other sports are different. You know, I know basketball and everybody, everybody else, gets in. Everybody, everybody else gets, gets in, in. but. Football always had that thing of, hey, you had to earn your spot, and and it was pretty elite. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see how this shakes out with uh, uh, this first weekend of, of competition. Uh, I mean, they're not going to travel. They're not going to. Those no. teams aren't going to travel well. No, they're not going to. They're not going to help the gate. Yeah. Your eight just, nine game, your seven ten game, and probably no. and probably even the uh, if the uh, six good. eleven if the weather is good. Yeah, you know. will be will be games that'll be competitive. Anything above that, I I, I I don't know. All right, well that's the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the great information, and thanks to everyone for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast pages. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, as well as many other podcast streaming platforms. So be sure and tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.